Welcome to the Alliance Sacred Alchemy podcast. I'm Raspreet Sagu, and I teach you how to manifest in a way that actually works for you and leads you to your soul's path and purpose by creating your own customized manifesting framework without the believe it and achieve it or think positive and vibe high mindset stuff that doesn't really take into account your lived experiences. If you're a conscious creator and ready to live your wildest dreams instead of just fantasizing about them or trying to manifest them, then listen on as I bring spiritual principles to life through grounded experiences and real life situations so you can be in a state of receiving and courageously manifest in and on purpose. Hello and welcome to another episode where we're going to be talking about how to tap into your creative flow so you can manifest more effectively. Now, if you've been in my world for a while, you'll probably already know that I regularly tend to interchange the words creating and manifesting. And there is a method behind the madness. There is a reason behind why I do this. And the reason is actually very intentional because everything is energy and energy is everything. And that includes language. So what I'm about to share with you here today, it's deep, it's complex. And my hope is that by the end of this episode, you're going to feel a full body sense of relief. You're going to be able to give yourself the permission to construct a brand new way of manifesting or creating change that is actually in alignment with your specific creative flow. As you learn to recognize what that even is, and how to connect with it for more efficiency and effectiveness in calling in your desires. Now, this is a topic so close to my heart, and it has radically changed the way that I approach manifesting. And I hope that it does the same for you. Now, this is the really juicy stuff that they don't teach you about manifestation in the mainstream. It's actually really super useful to know, especially if you're a person of color, because people of color generally have a whole different set of things to contend with when they're intentionally creating any kind of change in their lives. And so in this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit about the energy of language and how it can impact your transformation. I'll share a brief etiology of memories, how they're stored and how they can be tied in and linked in with shame, which actually deeply impacts your ability to materialize your desires or not. And we'll shift gears into talking about the difference between manifesting and creating and why I personally prefer the latter over the former when approaching manifesting because of the huge shift it created within me, which blew my mind and radically changed the way that I thought about manifesting in my own life. Not only how I thought about manifesting, but how I showed up, how I showed up in my relationships, how I showed up in my work, how I show up with clients, how I show up with my children, like every single way in real life, how it impacts you. 
And finally, I'm going to leave you with three questions that I often ask myself and my clients to help them get into their creative flow so that they can manifest more effectively. So let's get into this. A little while ago, I had a beautiful conversation with my Translate community about what I'm about to share with you in one of our recent calls where someone brought up the fact that they get triggered by the word manifestation. Now, I want you to just pause there and feel into it and think about the word manifestation, what it means to you, whether you feel triggered by it. Just get a sense of what that is for you right now. Because this is something that I see in a lot of people, myself included, And unless you are very well versed in doing the inner work and you've arrived at a level of self-awareness, which allows you to see that it's actually something that's triggering for you, it can be really subtle and so subtle that a lot of people miss it. Now, triggering, what do I mean by that? Triggering can mean that your nervous system starts to get activated your stress responses within the physiological body can be activated. So you may experience things like an increase in your heart rate. Maybe your mouth goes dry. Your breath may get shallow or you may find yourself even holding your breath. You may get sweaty palms. You may feel anxious. You may feel like you're clenching your jaw. You may feel overwhelmed and overstimulated and get confused about exactly what you need to do next. That's where what others describe as procrastination can kick in. I personally don't like thinking of it as procrastination, but more of a nervous system response, which can bring you into fright or flight, freeze or fawn. Now, I'm not going to go into that because that's beyond the scope of what we're talking about here. But let's focus in on procrastination, which I find tends to happen when your nervous system is activated. And there's a reason why your body goes into these responses. The healing and coaching space has you believe that it's procrastination, which you need to fix. And you can do that just by changing your habits or changing your mindset and reminding yourself of your vision and goals. Like for all intents purposes, procrastination is seen as this negative thing that needs to be fixed or remedied in some way. But the way that I look at procrastination is that it's a primal response that cannot be overridden by your mind alone. It's far more complex than that. Now, let me just, at the risk of getting my pharmacist hat on, Um, let's go into the etiology of memories for a little bit, okay? Because what you are reacting to, and really lean in and listen to this bit, this is a really important concept to understand, okay? What you're reacting to in any given moment usually triggers a memory of an experience from the past. And memories themselves don't exist on their own, right? They're an accumulation of neuro associations of emotions and sensations in the body based on your lived experiences. That's why when you're working on things that are connected to internalized shame, mindset changes on their own are not going to cut it. 
And if they do work, it's only going to be on a temporary basis. Internalized shame is more common than what people think it is. And it's because it's really subtle, especially when things have been normalized within a community, within a culture, within a family dynamic. And so it can be really easy to miss. And the kind of internalized shame that I'm talking about is rampant in people of color, in the brown community. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about these things, because we tend to think of the things that are more obvious when it comes to shame. You know, the walk of shame, being ashamed of failing, the overt shame where you feel humiliated or embarrassed, right? Those are the more obvious, like surface level shame things that most people are generally tend to be aware of. But that's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about here is far more nuanced. It goes way deeper and it's a lot less obvious in a lot of the cases. Let's take the example of being triggered by the word manifestation, right? How might shame be playing a part in the triggering process here? Let's explore that. Well, if you've ever been part of a group or a community that sells the idea that you can manifest anything by changing your beliefs, conceiving an idea, believing it and achieving it, and you haven't managed to do all that, yet you're seeing others around you having success with doing all those things, then you might internalize your shame. In this instance, shame may show up as you gaslighting yourself. You know, that little inner voice that tells you, you're stupid, you must be doing it wrong, you need to try harder. You obviously don't want it enough. You need to do more belief work. You need to do more things. Have you ever had these kinds of thoughts, right? Do you recognize yourself in all of this? Well, if you do, what tends to happen next is that you start using the tools that you've learned, the healing tools, the manifesting tools, the coaching tools, all of those things as weapons against yourself. Maybe there's a particular process that you dislike doing, but you force yourself to do it because it's supposed to be good for you. When every fiber of your being is being activated and your body is telling you, let's not do that thing, but you ignore your body's signals and continue with that said process, which isn't necessarily correct for you. And notice that I use the word correct and not right Because as soon as you use the word right, you're looking at all the wrongness and then judgment immediately comes into it. Whereas correct, there's no judgment. It's that's what's correct for you in that situation. Correct might not be the easiest thing. Correct might not be the thing that everybody else is going to be cheering you on for. Correct might not be the thing that you get rewarded for immediately, right? But it's the correct thing for you. It's the correct thing for your journey. It's the correct thing for your life's path and purpose here on planet Earth. It may not be the right thing to do when you are using society's norm as a measuring stick or your cultural imprinting or what other people think, but it's the correct thing for you. 
So often what will happen is that you get this body signal saying, no, 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 let's not do this. But your mind is telling you, no, 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 we have to do this. We're supposed to do this. This is what is going to get me from A to B. And I need to do this. And you ignore the intuitive voice that tells you, just go watch Netflix, chill, rest, take your foot off the pedal, go have a nice long bath. Because that sounds unproductive. So you continue to do the process and build up this inner resentment towards the tools, the teacher, the coach, the healer, or even yourself, because you're doing all the things, but none of them are working. You're listening to all the teachings, but none of them are working. You're paying attention to and taking the advice and guidance of the teacher, the coach, the healer, the elders, whatever, but none of it's working for you. When you function from that energy, it filters into the decisions that you make. It filters into the actions that you take. It affects the boundaries that you set or don't set, as it were. And that all cumulatively creates the results that you get. Maybe you spend some time in this space, spinning round and round and round and not getting anywhere fast, and then you feel the shame. Because you're doing all the things, but it's not working. Because you spent hundreds and even thousands of pounds investing in learning how to do these things or paying someone to help you heal or facilitate you, and it's not worked. And maybe the shame you feel stems from the judgment that others pass on about you. I told you that modality wasn't good. I warned you to stop wasting time with this thing and do this other thing over here instead. I told you not to go to that person and here I had this other brilliant person, but you still went for it, didn't you? Why do you keep being a sucker and wasting so much time and money on these things? Right? How many of you ever heard things like that from other people? Right? So immediately your brain, that is this giant archive of all of the memories that you ever had in your life, goes, hmm, Where else do I have evidence that I don't spend my money well? Oh yeah, that giant debt that I still have, which I'm struggling to pay. So now what's happening is the shame compounds. Why am I always spending money that I don't have? Why do I make stupid decisions that never work out? Oh yeah, because I'm trying to fill a void. I'm so thick. I've done so much self-love work. Why isn't it enough that I can just love myself? Oh, because I'm pushing 40 and I still haven't met my soulmate. But your brain says, but it's fine. I don't have a problem with that. I'm a feminist and I don't need a man to be happy. Because you're trying to convince yourself, right? You're doing this for reasons beyond needing to depend on a man. You want to call in your soulmate because you want fulfillment and you want love and you want to share companionship and share magical experiences with someone not because you want to rely on a partner rely on a man because the feminist in you doesn't want to do that right you don't need a man to be happy except that you feel shit every time you're at a family function and everyone's asking you if you've met anyone yet so now what happens is that you avoid going because you don't want to face the judgment and the questions And so what happens is that shame embeds, it compounds, and it embeds a little bit more deeper. It starts to filter the lens through which you see 
yourself. Maybe I need to lose weight. I need to sort my hair out. I need to conceal these dark circles. I'm getting on a bit now. So when you're on that soulmate search, and remember, this is just a silly example that I'm using a soulmate search, but you can insert whatever, that client search or the life purpose search or manifesting your dream home or whatever that may be for you, right? Just insert your scenario into this thing. But going with the example of the soulmate search, which is what I'm going to use, when you're on that search, you start to compromise what you really desire. Hmm. Maybe it's okay if the guy doesn't want kids when really you've always wanted children. And all those thoughts about yourself influence the type of person you even consider to be a good match for you. You may find yourself shying away from the people that you have now judged as being too good for you. And you start to compromise on what you truly want and settle for less. And then maybe you do find a compatible match. Maybe you go on to get married, only to realize that your other half expects you to be the dutiful wife and do all the stuff his mother used to do for his father. And you talk about it to your family. If you have a family that are willing to hear you out, that is. Or you talk about it to your friends, right? Maybe you share how unhappy you are or that this wasn't how you envisioned your marriage or your relationship. And they tell you, that's just the way it is. You just need to adjust. That's all. Be a good little brown girl and just adjust. Everyone goes through it. You need to compromise. Yeah, all of these narratives. Why? Because the alternative, divorce, couples therapy, separation, at your age, especially after it took you so long to finally have someone and find someone to marry you, is shameful. And what will everyone think if you pack it all in now? So can you see how all of this is so deep and it literally affects the tiniest of things, the micro decisions that actually have a compounding effect on the rest of your life. And it all began with the shame from a community because you weren't manifesting right. It's ludicrous, right? And that's why I am so hell-bent on helping people understand their concealed shame and how that's actually driving them and showing up in their manifesting. It's why I don't love the word manifesting, even though I do use it a lot. I personally prefer the word creating. In fact, the way that I personally view manifesting is that it's a creative process. One in which you get to express your creative genius, your creative gifts and talents in a very intentional way to create change in your life. And in light of all of this, here's a question that I love to ask my clients when they feel like they've hit a bit of a plateau with the thing that they're trying to manifest or they feel like their energy has dipped with that thing. Here's a question. What other creative outlet is calling to you, aside from creating your desired life. Here's the thing, creativity wishes to be expressed. The energy wishes to move through you and become physical form. If you think of your desires as the spark of energy, 
that energy has tapped you on the shoulder because it recognizes that you have all the equipment to allow it to be fully manifest and materialize in physical form. Part of the process I actually teach in my Translate community is to find your specific creative outlets. Part of what I share in my life purpose readings are your potential and often hidden or very well concealed, especially from yourself, creative gifts and talents, how they can be expressed, how you can support yourself to find them and actually utilize them. These are all the things other than what you think you're good at. For me, one of my creative outlets is art. And for anyone who knows me or follows me on Instagram, you'll know this about me. And my journey with experimenting with art in my own way, using my natural gifts and talents and learning to lean into doing it purely for the joy has opened so many doors and possibilities for me that no amount of the traditional manifesting methods I was trying ever did. Why? Because the more I create, the more energy I generate and the more energy is available for me to plug into manifesting and consciously creating what I desire. The more I can enjoy my own creative process, the more organic and natural manifesting becomes and the less clinical and methodical it needs to be. I no longer write lists of things I want to manifest. I just have fleeting moments of what I'd like to do, how I'd like to feel, and I leave it open to see what comes through. And each time, it's always way, way better than I could have ever conceived for myself. Does that mean it's always easy? No, absolutely not. Does it mean I don't have any wobbles in my energy levels or in my emotional state or in my faith in myself or in God or the universe? No, because I'm human. It's part of the package. But what has changed is that when I'm in my low phases, they don't drag on and on like they used to. I've synthesized my own customized framework that works for me to deal with the twists and turns that life throws my way. I have a framework that honors my energy levels, my natural energetic flow, and most importantly, my life. I'm a busy mum of two. I have a business. I'm an author, an illustrator, an artist, a speaker, and so much more. I have a very busy life. I don't have time to sit in meditation for an hour each morning like I used to before I had all of these jobs. I mean, I would love to have the time to do all of this. And old me would have gaslit myself and said, well, if you want it bad enough, you'll make time. And whilst that's true, If I physically cannot, and I know I can't, then that's not actually a helpful way of pep-talking myself, right? When you have these kind of narratives in your head, what it's doing is it's adding to the shame. For me personally, I'd rather have an extra hour in bed because I know in my life, my baby doesn't sleep through the night. And guess who's up at all hours of the day and night trying to settle him? It's me. So if I finally get a couple of hours in the early hours of the morning before school run duties start for my other child, I'm going to honor that. This is why I teach you to have your 
own experience and create your own framework in Translate because nobody knows you and your life better than you. You've got to stop trying to get someone else's success recipe and try to copy and paste it into your life. Because unless you've had the same exact life, the same exact experiences, you feel the same way as that person's feeling, you've got had the same upbringing, the resources, the support network, the privileges, the traumas, the oppression, and all of the things that make a person's life as them, it is not going to be sustainable for you to just copy and paste their success recipe. My advice to you is take everyone else off the pedestal and put yourself back on the throne. Too many brilliant women that I meet, especially those that come from the brown community, have a tendency of putting their own life on hold for the sake of others. So they have this real knack of molding themselves into what everyone else expects of them or wants from them. And in doing so, they conceal their own innate gifts and desires in the process. I know that's what I did for the longest time before I finally plucked up the courage to do what brought me joy, even if it went against what my brain was telling me, which was like, at the time, you don't have an artistic bone in your body. You can't even draw a stick man, Ras. That's what my brain was telling me. Which, by the way, they weren't even my own thoughts. They were the voices of other people in my past etched into my brain which after a while I began thinking was my own voice. And therefore, you know, you repeat things enough times you start to think that that's the truth. And in fact, that's exactly what sparked me to create my Translate community in the first place. Because it took me years to learn this and to build up the confidence to go for the things that bring me joy without allowing the negativity of others to affect me. Translate was actually born out of me learning all the things that I had to unpick, which they glaze over in typical manifesting teachings. They're not talking about all of this stuff because most of those teachings are generally geared towards privileged white folk that haven't had the cultural imprinting and internalized traumas that come with being a person of color. So I literally teach you all the stuff that they miss out on and they don't teach in those mainstream manifesting teachings, particularly those things that pertain to people of colour, women, children of immigrants. Because if you fall in any of these categories, it's very likely that you need to adapt your approach to manifesting, to honour your cultural imprinting to honour your heritage, to honour the beliefs that you've grown up with and the lived experiences that you've had as a person of colour and how that may have all transpired into this deep-seated, concealed, internalised and sometimes even normalised shame. You're trying to deal with the surface-level things like the worthiness issues or the self-confidence or boosting your self-esteem when The real culprit here is the shame which has been internalized and normalized. And if that part of you isn't seen, if that part of you isn't honored, then you can do all the mindset work in the world. And that energy, that trauma, it's still going to be driving your decisions and driving the actions that you're taking. 
And when you do start to honor that part of you, that shamed part of you, that part of you that's been concealed from everyone else, including yourself most of the time, when that aspect of you gets seen, when that aspect of you is heard and recognized, then the actual healing and transformation can begin to take hold and stick so it lasts. And that's also the reason why I've designed Translate to be a longer container. Now, 12 months, I have people saying it to me all the time, 12 months, that's rather a long time, Ras. But magical things happen when you start to honor your creation process. And honoring your creation process, discovering what that is, isn't going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in three months. It's something that you get to live. It's something that you have to experience. And in order for that experience to set in, in order for you to become aware of what that experience is for you, how to notice it, how to notice and become aware and distinguish between when it's the experience of your creative process or the experience of your conditioning or anything in between, that's going to take longer than just a few weeks or a few months. And besides all of this, we do more than just creating a daily to-do list to help you manifest better. There's way deeper shifts happening over in Translate, ones that go way beyond just manifesting your best life. Because what's really important if, is how to receive your desires. You can learn to manifest. Like You can Google how to manifest. You can Google the law of attraction. You don't need someone else to be teaching you stuff that you probably already know and are quite well versed with already, right? But here's the other part that they're not teaching you about manifesting. It's also about receiving and your capacity to receive if you are a person of color, if you're a brown woman who has been conditioned most of their life to be a people pleaser, to always be looking out for others' needs, to always look out for how you can fulfill other people's happiness or their expectations of you and fulfill all of that first, then it's very likely that you have not had much practice in receiving yourself. If you are a person of color that is holding on to internalized shame because it's been normalized and so nobody actually ever speaks about it, you just have to deal with it, then it's very likely that you are not used to taking up space. And that is why I get so excited about teaching my community and Translate on how to actually take up space and create time for things that are actually important to you, like your own needs and desires, to uncouple from the people-pleasing traits that I see so often in so many brown women, spending their life and their energy and their creative life force trying to fulfill the needs and manifest for others, right? So they have nothing left for themselves. And one of the most beautiful side effects of starting to show up take up space, uncouple from people-pleasing, uncouple and deconstruct the internalized shame, is that you start to get clear on what it is that you actually desire. Not what other people want for you in your life or what other people think is good for you or what society thinks is good for you, but actually what your true desires are. 
And as you start shedding all the stuff, all the expectations, all the, the places where people have projected what they need from you or what they expect from you, as all of that starts to dissolve, that white noise around you starts to silence, the magical things happen. Things like your intuition starts to become super clear. You naturally start discovering and deepening your unique gifts. And as you start to get clear on your desires, those are like the breadcrumb trails towards your life's path and purpose. So as you start to actualize those little desires, however big or small that they are, you are literally led towards your life's purpose and it starts to become crystal clear what you're here to do, how you fit into this web of humanity. And that is the work that I love doing in that Translate community. It is so beautiful to witness when people actually get what they're here for, when they understand their value. And that value is no longer a mindset thing. It's an intrinsic thing that you feel in your body. It's something that gets to show up whether you are doing the school run in the morning or whether you're asking your partner for some support or whether you are on a date to find your soulmate or whether you're at the workplace or whether you're meeting with your clients. Like it gets to show up through all of your life. So if you've loved this episode, if you've been intrigued by all the things that I'm talking about and you're ready to start creating your life consciously and operating from the energy of joy and loving the process and you're ready to learn how to construct your own customized framework, like you're thinking, but how do I do all of that? Like, I would love to do that, but how do I do that? How do I actually tap into my own creative life flow and talents and gifts? Because right now, all my brain is thinking that I'm not really a creative person. And remember, if you are thinking that, I was saying the exact same thing just a couple of years ago, no more than two years ago, I was saying that. And now look at me, all right? If you connect with everything that I've just said, you're going to love Translate. So just join, okay? Save yourself the time and the bother and join. I will leave the link in the show notes. If it feels aligned, I would love to see you there. We're all creative, okay? So if your brain is trying to tell you that you're not a creative person or that somebody else is better than you or that you just don't have that gift or that talent, we are all creative. Let me just bust that myth for you. We each have a very unique way of expressing our creativity. And if you're ready to discover your hidden gifts and talents and use them to fuel the change that you're calling into your life, especially if you're a person of color, then I would love to see you inside Translate. It's going to be exactly correct for you. And even if you don't join, or it's not the right time or whatever your reason for not joining is, I hope that you have taken away something special and valuable from this episode. I hope that you have felt some form of relief or understanding or a deeper awareness around your own manifesting framework. But And I'd love to leave you with a couple of things to contemplate on, to reflect on 
to connect even more deeply with your own creative life force. All right? Here are the questions, my go-to questions that I love to ask. Number one, what other creative outlet is calling to you right now in this season of your life? What other creative outlet is calling to you right now in this season of your life? Number two, where are you concealing your gifts, even from yourself? Where are you concealing your gifts, even from yourself? And number three, where are you minimizing what you are truly capable of? Where are you minimizing what you are truly capable of? And if you can find some time in your diary to sit down and really reflect on these questions and become aware of whatever comes up for you, I promise you, you're going to start to see where you might be holding on to that internalized shame. You're going to start to discover what your creative outlets are. And once you do that, take it a step further than that. Actually act on it. If you get the sense that a creative outlet that's calling you right now is singing, start singing right? You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be good. You don't have to be a professional. You just start doing it. Give yourself permission to do it and do the thing. Where you're, wherever you're concealing your own gifts from yourself will start to show you where you are shrinking yourself and minimizing yourself because of that internalized shame, right? Where you start to diminish what you're truly capable of It might be the compounded shame that you've had along the way. So these are really powerful questions. I'm going to leave you with them and invite you to really deeply reflect on these. And if it feels good to you, I would love to hear from you. Share your insights, share your awarenesses. Let's have a conversation about this. You know where to find me. I'm either on Instagram, hanging out there, or you can join the email list and we can have deeper conversations over in that community. And of course, you can join my Translate community where we can get much, much deeper on this and you get my eyeballs on your framework and my assistance and guidance and all the tools, resources and magic that we have available there for you to design and construct your own framework. With that, that's all for now. Give those things some food for thought and I'll see you next time. As always, happy creating. If you'd like a regular dose of magic and tips on how to create alignment in your energy through embodied wisdom and using spiritual laws and mindset work to make the intangible energetic shifts and translate them into tangible shifts in a way that supports how you're uniquely wired to manifest, get onto my email community. You can sign up to receive my free Creative Blueprint Shadows Guide on how to identify shadows that can negatively impact your desires from showing up and how to alchemize them into gifts so you can leverage them and use them to manifest more effectively. It's been known to activate deep healing and understanding and many people have uncovered and released deep blocks that have helped them to actualize some of their most heartfelt desires that they'd nearly given up on. The link's in the show notes if this is calling to you. Until next time, happy creating.